This week on the Going Off Podcast, we are joined by the super talented singer, songwriter, super deluxe contributor, Left at London. Thank you very much for joining us on the show this week. Hey, this is the first time that I've talked to you guys. Hey, how about that? Yeah. We, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna become such good pals. We are yeah. gonna get along so well yeah. over the next course of who knows how long. So let's talk about that Death Grips album. But I'm gonna go into the other room. So <laughs> you two just talk about it, and I'll be listening with my cup against the door, and I'll let you know what my thoughts are at the end. All right, bye. <laughs> so so for those of y'all that missed it. Um, Mark lost all of his fucking, uh, audio that we did for an entire, like, two-hour-long episode, and so the the following is just an edited form of what what me and, and, and Darren talked about, and that's really it. The best Death Grips album, in my opinion, in my onion, is definitely The Powers That Be. Both discs are fantastic, but the first disc in particular is, like, the best project that they've ever put out. It's the best, like, cryptic lyrical content that uh, Ride's ever done. It's the most creative instrumentation that I've heard on a project, and even though the Flatlander isn't involved in it, and, like, I hear new things about it every time. As far as the Money Store goes, I'd say that's probably my third or fourth favorite out of, like, the six that they've released. Uh, And this is not including steroids, because steroids would be number one or two this is not a case of oh you just don't get it what he says here is he really means this and that's what people are really gravitating to no i feel like for the most part it's the musicality that people are really enjoying now what i i wanted to say was i actually had a bit of a revelation recently i went to a listening party for uh it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public enemy hearing what people had to say about it hearing different people's opinions and one of the things that I had just kind of forgotten was how weird that album sounded compared to what hip hop was going on at the time. When I took that into consideration, the idea of like someone destroying what you expect hip hop to sound like, right? That's what Public Enemy really was. Their sound was alarming and it complemented the message that they were bringing, right? Now, what I find very fascinating as I really look toward this and as I was listening to this album, um, when I got to track three, this is all just building up to be like, I fucking love track three. And as I was listening to it and I just heard it pure, this just sounded like sludgy, like fucking dark fucking punk rock early shit. Like, we don't give a fuck how it sounds. Black paint, that was the one. When it was just, nah, 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 when it was just hitting you and I was just like, yo, Okay, that's what this is now. This is the new fucking punk rap. This is this is what noise rock is. This is the next evolution of that. As far as the album itself goes, honestly, I see it more as like a jumble of their more accessible and their more like experimental at the same time. Because you hear uh, tracks like Death Grips is Online in Black Paint. Oh, and Streaky. Like those three tracks are very like easy to listen to but like still like very like oh what's this but like tracks like uh shit show arguably uh like flies linda's in custody oh my god can i just talk about the intro to linda's in custody for a second because when i first heard that i fucking came i swear to god like the really quiet ride symbol like with like the really like 
mumbled rap like the whole time just put me in a frenzy and that's one other thing that i want to talk about like there are multiple points in this album where uh like the sound quality is just garbage i was listening to this album a lot and i thought at first that it was a problem with like the leaks because i initially downloaded the leaks but i deleted those leaks and started listening to it on apple music so i realized that like because they've used like low quality samples before like i'm not sure if you knew but uh in uh system blower you know that song from money store like the drop the beat like that's like a sample of like serena williams doing a serve like the yell that she does when she does a serve uh like slowed the fuck down and like so they do this often and i'm very used to it like you can uh you can hear bits and pieces of it throughout the album in a very normal manner but what I didn't like was that there were entire spans of tracks that did that. For a select couple of songs, Dilemma, Disappointed, Ha Ha Ha, for example, the ending of Flies that transitioned to the Black Pant, where you hear somebody go, one, two, three, four, and then like the intro to Linda's in custody, they're in like 240p for some reason. And like, I was trying to think about like why they would do that. And there are two explanations that I can come up with. Number one, like what I was saying earlier with like the leaks being on purpose was like, that's sort of like my conspiracy theory here with the album is that the leaks were on purpose like that they were trying to sort of like people will listen to a lower quality version of death grips if they can get it sooner one of my theories is that they were trying to punish the audience the second one is that i noticed that the only ones where they did like the low quality sound were like on the ones where they had like live instruments and i think that either like they were punishing their audience or they just really, like, accidentally fucked up at the recording studio and, like, oh, shit, we've only got the 240p versions of these. Like, I genuinely think that those are the only two routes that they could have taken because, like, it works sometimes, but not all the time. Here's my thing. Now, after I've said all of that, that doesn't necessarily mean I like it all. My thing about it is, it's like, I yeah, I see everything that's going on. I see this all really dope. I still have a lot of problems with these fucking lyrics, bro. Like now on one level, I do, I am able to say like, oh, he's not doing the same thing that Nas is doing. He's not doing the same thing that the Wu-Tang Clan is doing. He's using raps not as like, you know, I'm trying to be slick. He's using it as like, I'm using this as like a, another piece of element to meld with the musical, you know, component as a whole. And that's the thing I had to realize. And it's just like, all right, that's cool, but I still, as a human being who needs, to, who, you know, understands words and needs them to mean things in order for me to care about what you're doing, let me uh, give an example. I felt like the fear was able to give me what I was asking for this whole album. It was like, give me something to hold on to. Okay, the fear, I'm gonna kill somebody. Jump, jump, don't jump. Okay, my brain can latch onto that. I can figure out what the scenario could possibly be. You know what I'm saying? With so much stuff, like in the horn section, they had weapons, bottom of the white bit chewed up like a pig's dick. Like what? What is, what the fuck? What was that about? The Little Richard song, I thought, at first I thought it was about jerking off, it was about masturbation, and it was using a really, like, you know, uh, over-the-top uh, language in order to describe it, but it's just like, what the fuck was that? All this other stuff just feels like dark imagery for the sake of dark imagery, and if it's something so simple, then why is it trying to be something so overcomplicated and dark? Even though the thing doesn't make sense, there is something that draws you into it, right? And what is that? It's the musicality. The music sounds good. So yeah, I don't really understand what he's saying, but the music sounds good. What I mean for me here is that like, I don't know what he's saying and the music doesn't sound good. Why am I listening to this? Counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. I have to point out like, um, like 
as a Death Grips fan, Year of the Snitch is probably on like the lesser favorites of mine personally. But like that being said, there are moments of like rides like lyrical and and rhythmic content that are just like really impressive. Like the entire first verse of Flies, like I think about that constantly ever since that it came out because like he's rapping four one two four one two as opposed to like doing like anything else like fuck i'm sorry i just i just love music so much but (laughs) what's really interesting is that the if you read the lyrics what's separated by commas he is like not finishing the sentence he's not finishing that section yeah half lies causes devil air terminal patient like that like that fucking whole section like he like purposely splits it before the comma actually happens yeah yeah ride chooses to use lyrics more as atmosphere than actual like storytelling content basically like to put it in layman's terms it's just cool shit that you can yell because the phrase blackish green spirits of krakow is an incredible fucking lyric that makes no fucking sense that you can just like scream also like uh like color me a cult echo my echo in my throat i don't know what the fuck that means i don't know if it means anything to ride but if it does like I'm not going to know, and I, like, am fine with that, because it sounds cool as shit. To to the end of talking about how the music sort of moves you, I feel like Black Paint and The Fear, those are the two songs that I would suggest someone listen to if they were to get into them, if they didn't know what they sounded like, because those are the most, like, oh, I hear what they're saying, oh, I can really feel it, it's not, like, playing with the time and doing all this stuff. And actually, I will say, uh, for a song that does play with the time, I absolutely loved Shit Show. I felt like <laughs> Shit Show was really showing, like, straight up and down, like, uh, uh, The Fear and Black Paint are, like, the most accessible tracks, where it's like, oh, hey, if you want to get into them, hear this. But if you want to know what they're about, and, like, good or ill, this is the track you listen to. Because with this one, it was, it just... It kept playing with the time, and that's what I like about them. They keep playing with the time where you can't really get on the beat. So what I think is really funny is I'm like, you know, I I feel like I could absolutely love this song as soon as I figure out where the beat is and where to put my head (laughs) bombs on, you know? Because it's just like, but I love that it's it has that manic energy that like, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, dude, I could totally get into this if this was live and I could catch the fucking beat. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, being at a Death Grip show is, like, the most, like, it, it's really weird because it's the second most intense concert experience that I've been to. The first most intense was surprisingly Brockhampton. Those young people are surprisingly strong. Well, everybody who goes to Brockhampton concerts are fucking, like, 15, 16-ish and, like, like, everybody's just so energized and fucking hopped up on underage alcohol and shit like that. I saw so many people, like, so many 16-year-olds smoking weed in the venue at that Brockhampton show. <laughs> like, it was scary. I felt like I couldn't, like, I, I felt like even though that I was way whoa, older whoa, whoa, than them. Whoa, whoa, you, you sounding kind of old right now. I you know, like, I know. <laughs> well, I, kids doing drugs underage? Oh, the scandal. No, it's just like, it's just like these kids could beat me the fuck up, and I'm very aware of that. One time I was in college, I know this is completely irrelevant. One time I was in college, and this, like, underage, like, like someone who was obviously not 18 yet, they, like, walked up to, like, a group of us, and they're like, hey, man, could you buy me some, like, cigarette or something like that that he, he, you're not supposed to have? And then, like, we all just happened to see this fucking police car that happened to, like, drive around, at the, <laughs> at, like, right there around the corner. And we were like, hell no. Nah. 
<laughs> no, sir, officer. God damn. Stay in school, kid. One thing I'm curious about, though, is that you said that, uh, you said, like, the fear, and what was the other song that you said? Uh, Black Paint? Uh, uh, Black Paint. Yeah, uh, did you not think Death Grips was online was at all, like, accessible? Like, did you think that was less accessible than The I, Fear? I honestly, yeah, I thought that was less accessible, yeah. How the fuck? How the fuck? Because... Here's the thing, I'm not saying that it's not good. I'm not saying that it's not interesting. I'm just saying, that's probably not the first track I would play. I would play Black Paint and Fear way before I would play Death Grips is Online. No, no, no. Whether or not you think it's good is, like, fine and dandy, but you said it wasn't oh, accessible. Okay. Like, compared... Oh, com definitely not. Comparatively, Death Grips is Online has, like, a... Like a like an actual yeah, melody. It has a, melody. It has a chorus. <laughs> it has like fucking drums that are on time. Meanwhile, the fear has like <laughs> tuneless piano. It has like five different time signatures. It has like the only thing that's accessible about it are the lyrics because people can actually understand them. Like they're the only like understandable, coherent lyrics of the whole album. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind when I'm yeah. saying all of this, this isn't a critique on like the fear. I like all of these things about the fear. It reminds me of like Zach Hill's solo shit. Like if any of you, no, you mm -hmm. haven't heard that, but like, uh, 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 <laughs> Here's the thing, yeah. you you and I are different different people, right? Because you're off, impossible. Off the no, hold on. <laughs> uh, off the rip, you're saying like Zach Hill, like this dude who makes this more. I'm, I'm assuming the genre that he does is like this, really experimental, out there sort of stuff. But as a hip hop listener, I'm not initially coming into it with I can't wait to hear how weird and Stephen Reich like this sounds. It's oh, I wonder what he's saying and how the musicality is going to support that. So off the rip, that's why that sort of, like, for my ear, that does that for me. It takes more for me to go, oh, let me, like, hear what he's doing purely musically outside of what a, the lyrics could be informing me. And like I said, that's why I like the instrumental tracks where I'm just allowed to just let the weird stuff happen. Because when I hear, like, that you're rapping, I'm like, okay, if you're talking to me, what are you trying to say to me? And if you're saying nothing, then it's just like, all right. But uh, unless there's the type of energy that makes that pop and really work for me, which is why I like shit show. I feel like if you are not giving me one thing, then you need to overcompensate for it in the other. And if not, it feels like to me that you're being lazy. So if it's just like, nah, I don't like, it feels like so many other fans are like, you know, like, oh, what do you like about them? You know, what does this lyric mean? Like, I've looked it up. I've, I've been looking up these lyrics. Like, what, what are people saying that the interpretation of certain lyrics is? And it's just like, their interpretation is just like, that doesn't make any fucking sense at all, dude. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And you know that. And it's just like, so for some of these songs, I feel like, motherfuckers are thinking way too hard for these guys like maybe it's just supposed to be fucking random and i think that's a like part of it was just like can we just admit that maybe sometimes the shit ain't that deep yeah like sometimes you know what i mean like okay like honestly my interpretation of like death grip's current lyrical style which is way different mm. than it was on ex-military and it was on no leave no love deep web this is their version of a hype track like almost all of these tracks especially death grips is online which doesn't make a lot of sense it's like the modern equivalent of Psycho Killer, which was just essentially like really catchy, non-coherent shit. The reason why I compare Death Grips is Online to Psycho Killer is that the same way that Psycho Killer functions as a track that the audience can like get hyped to with the lyrics not making that much sense, the same thing is with Death Grips because like like there's there's hype tracks that we are familiar with like 
Like, I'm just gonna list off, like, a very basic one. Like, if somebody plays Turn Down For What, everybody's gonna know what the fuck it means. Everybody knows that it's just a song about, like, like turning the fuck up. Because I think I have an interesting counterpoint to that. Like, what is the chorus? Psycho Killer, what is that? Like, that's literally what the chorus is. Psycho Killer, guess you could say? Like, you know, so, you, yeah, you could say in and of itself, it was sort of like, I don't know, calling back to the fact that it is random, but sounds dark, yeah. but you don't really feel, but, but there is that intrinsic, like, it, there is time for you to access exactly something that is being said here so that it can inform how you feel about the rest of the song. And that's how I feel like, again, going back to shit show, black paint, and, and especially the fear. That's how I felt like those gripped me. And I feel like just for me, maybe that's <laughs> just the way it is. Like the songs that, yeah. <laughs> the, like the songs that really uh, hit me with a hard message and then like, you know, it, it, it give me that sort of along with the music so that I can at least have something for my ear. This is more of me figuring out how I listen to music than uh, yeah. a, a review at this fucking point. But uh... <laughs> like, as far as like the abstract lyrics goes, I think the discussion shouldn't be whether or not Death Grips do abstract to a point of, like, success, but how 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 different abstract lyrics compare. Because that there, are, there are a lot of lyrical moments on here that I think are just as abstract as they are on other albums, but just don't hit the right spots for me. My favorite album of theirs is The Powers That Be, and that entire first disc is full of, like, nonsensical lyrics. But, like, there's there's still some sort of sense of coherency to them to the point where, like, I genuinely, like, will reread those lyrics just by themselves as if they are just, like, extremely dark, confusing poems. And then there's tracks like uh, Come Up and Get Me, which, like, took me, like, three or four reads to actually find out was about, like, literally him being, like, captured on, like, the top floor of a building and whether or not that meant something, like, more was to be discussed. I think that as far as the lyrical content of the Year of the Snitch, or just Year of the Snitch, um, it's mostly nonsensical to the point where I can't comprehend it or, like, decipher it. And that's what I dislike about this album lyrically, is that even with, like, tracks on Bottomless Pit, like, a lot of the lyrics were nonsensical, but there was some sort of form of coherency between certain phrases that you could like create a coherent not necessarily storyline but you could like like create like a message for the song like on bottomless pit there are two tracks that i can just like pull out of the air randomly um houdini which if you read it is like definitely about online dating but it takes a couple of reads to like understand that it's about online dating there is spikes which is about a car crash there is eh which is about being disinterested there's, like, even though that there's, like, so many, like, cryptic points of the lyrics where you can, like, can't understand certain phrases, you can understand a general meaning of each individual song. And I'm agreeing with you there. I, I think that that's what should be done, right? Yeah. I think that, like, there are some moments in this album, there are some tracks where you can understand vaguely what they are about. The fear, for example, obviously, like, being about, like, like the actual fear that you're going to kill somebody. Which, by the way, I just want to mention that I love the sample that they use at the beginning where it's just one dude going, like, I don't know, dude. I just drink blood, dude. I love I, that what so the hell fucking was much. That? I loved it. Another one. What was that fucking intro where they're like, 
death grips is uh, in New Zealand, which, what the fuck, New Zealand again? And ap apparently that was the director of the Shrek movie? Yes, that was and Andrew Adamson. Which, by the way, it was such a fucking uh, weird and pointless introduction. I thought, like, they were going to, like, use, like, when they, because they posted, like, Andrew Adamson's in the studio today, like, a couple <laughs> months ago, and, like, people were looking up, and they were like, wait, hold on, the Shrek director? And, like, they, they, they showed him, like, on the microphone, and originally I thought that they were going to, like, like, just have him talking into the microphone, and then, like, scratch that up to shit, which, as far as we know, might have been what happened. They just added this alongside it. But, that's not what they did. The fact that they included one track with Andrew Adamson just speaking, they have a dilemma. And they're going to win their dilemma. It really confused the shit out of me because it seemed like they only wanted him there for, like, the memory of it all. Which, like, could be, like, a little bit of, like... Because they've done, like, little, like... They've been poking fun at their own, like, fan base, creating them into, like, a meme of sorts. Like, they have one track uh, on Bottomless Pit, uh, BB Poison where you can hear really quietly in the background someone going, notice me, senpai. And then there's another, like, like actually, and then there's another track, uh, no, not another track, uh, on Fashion Week, uh, they, did, uh, they did the whole thing where the track list spelled out Jenny Death When, which was like a phrase that a lot of Death Grips fans were chanting, like trying to figure out like the release date of Jenny Death. And I think this was just another way of like teasing them, but it didn't work as much because that it seemed way too obvious it wasn't a thing that you couldn't be like holy shit was that andrew adamson no it was definitely andrew adamson you were slapped across the face with it you're explaining these things that to the fan base i feel is like and i don't know maybe maybe there's a because i'm i'm trying to compare this to my affinity for gorillas right and a lot of times what do gorillas do they have the fucking shirts that mean nothing they just rent tazer the ute and the last unicorn dies or like there's always some random shit on there and it's like this isn't supposed to mean anything but it just looks cool and i feel like that's uh, again when you're going into experimental stuff that's like a lot of this isn't gonna be trying to you know get you the average person it's just this is what i like and if you like it hey rock with it but if not i there's i got nothing for you and that that's what it is at the end of the day you know like me personally i i give it a two that's because of my personal enjoyment of it like like i said there are a, a lot more moments that i feel like i can enjoy and maybe if i go back now with the context of public enemy and really that in my head maybe i can look back and uh give the older songs uh, another chance because actually <laughs> uh i've seen footage came on right after the album ended and i was like <sighs> yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give an introduction to my score because, first of all, I didn't know that we were doing scores and I want to find out as I'm talking. Uh, but, uh, like, my the pros of the album, I'd say, um, are more specific tracks as opposed to, like, moments of the album. I think arrangement-wise, this is their most, like probably them at their peak as far as like the arrangements of the song goes where it's like the beat switches the chorus like where the chorus goes where the verses go is really interesting to me and like this is probably their best arrangements that they've done that being said i found that the instrumentation on certain songs like were mixed improperly and whether or not that was for like an actual like metaphorical context 
really ruined a lot of the songs for me. And again, that being said, I'm going to go back and forth here. My favorite tracks were definitely Death Grips is Online, Flies, and Ha Ha Ha, um, and the intro to Linda's in Custody. But just the intro. The rest of it's pretty good. But just the intro in particular blew my fucking mind. And that's why I say, like, like the arrangements of them are really good because like that couldn't have like happened like in the middle of the song it couldn't have it had to be the intro i think that dj swamp's appearance on this like with like the because there's occasional like record record scratching on this like it didn't work for the album as much as i wanted it to and it does you work don't think on... so? I, I thought the scratches were cool there are moments <laughs> there are moments where it's like where it it, it it genuinely works but there are so many moments where it's just like slightly off beat or it just doesn't match with me because that's really interesting a lot of this album is actually i'm not sure if you knew this but a, a lot of the samples in the album like in the background you can hear samples from other songs of death grips like for example the intro to shit show the bitch that is sampled from two different songs off of x military that like oh wow yeah i find it really frustrating to me how there's so many points of this album that i really sincerely fuck with but it's ruined by something else whether that is like certain parts of the record scratches or like certain mastering decisions so overall i'm genuinely gonna say 6.5 out of 10 which is the lowest i've ever given a death grips album like normally they're like eights at the least and that includes government plates which not many people liked so for me i enjoyed it a lot like you had alluded to this feels like if you were at the show listening to it this would fucking get you hyped this would get you really crazy but i don't think it does that much worse on an album i think it captures the energy but it is more of an experience i think but even lyrics aside, like last week when we listened to Radiohead, and I really didn't, I had to look up what the lyrics were to read along with those songs, even if it wasn't there, even if I didn't know what was being said, I still really enjoyed the musicality of it. The instrumentation on this, I thought was way more in a, a, as a uh, at a focus point than the experimental, like, mixing parts. Um, For me, it kind of sounded m that much more like a punk album. I guess I thought it was more accessible than The Money Store also, which that's that's totally on me. That's not to say it makes it better or worse. Just as far as my own enjoyment goes, I listened to this album like three times back to back to back, and I enjoy the shit out of it. You know, for someone who isn't really looking for the deep lyrical content or any lyrical content, I thought this album was enjoyable, and I'd listen to it again. I would give Year of the Smitch a 3.5 out of 5. Another reason we wanted to have you on the show, especially now, was because your EP just dropped. Um, for inside info, again, we had, we had said this before, but we were supposed to do this in correlation with the uh, Brockhampton Puppy release, but that got pushed back to an indefinite time, and because you, I, I thought, because you did a whole album of Death Grips remixes some time back, that that would be the next logical step and you had said hey well you know death grips has an album coming out so we matched it up pretty perfectly with the year of the snitch release and your ep release um i'd seen it was on Bandcamp. where else is the uh the ep available spotify itunes all the good places title deezer whatever the fuck that is 
So what what all instrumentation did um because I'd seen videos of you on Instagram doing guitar and piano. What all do you do on this EP? Literally just sing and play guitar on one track. Or no, two tracks. Uh besides no, three tracks. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so my involvement of it besides writing all the songs and as far as the instruments go, uh like I sang on all the tracks, um, uh, and then I did guitar for the last three tracks, and I produced the last two. Kill your daughter through cross-eyed Father put his hearts of mine below him Rolling in the backseat with me mm. But I like to change the mind Was it good for you? And I guess it's the obvious thing about the whole super deluxe thing in addition to the EP, the Purple Heart EP. We didn't even name uh, say the name of it, but there it is. It's available every, every fucking where you could possibly imagine. I found your Twitter way before the super deluxe things happened. So that all kind of like was like, oh shit, I, I love super deluxe. I really like these Left at London like tweets and the old vines that you had, uh, that you had uploaded. I got to ask as... Someone who, me and Darren have been YouTube folks since, since the way back. We never got into the, into the Vine. When, when did you start with those? My first Vines were because Nathan Zed did like a, it was like this Vine rap battle where you just like tag a Viner and like rap battle them for six seconds, just one good line. And then that was like the battle. And like, it was like really in good fun. It was like a lot of creators like having like a fun time with each other. And like he retweeted like a lot of fans and I was like, oh, I could be one of those fans. So I created it. He ended up not retweeting me, I guess, just because he didn't see it. Because like, you know, he's a fucking busy dude. But like that's the entire reason why I got a Vine account. And then the entire reason why I got popular was because the Emma Greer, like like a couple of months before she died, like um, shared one of my uh, Hillary Clinton as your abuela. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, like she, that was like one of the, that was one of the vines that she like reposted on her Twitter and like that blew up. And then from there, like I started getting like a lot more followers and then I eventually peaked at like 13,000 uh, on Vine. And then Twitter was like a completely different beast because that like I got popular on there from like other things, like mostly the mashups. 
which I don't really do anymore. I have a couple of mashups on my computer that I just haven't released, and I'm trying to think of, like, how I should release them. Because, I don't know, it just doesn't feel organic anymore to, like, release them with, like, the camera on my face anymore. I think the last one that I did actually was a Brockhampton one. It was Boogie and Shawn Mendes. That was so fucking fun! I'm so sad that Kevin hasn't seen it, especially because those footy pajamas were awesome. Twitter lets you post whatever. And you have noticed the videos you've been posting have been longer form. Like, did you ever consider YouTube as a platform or did you just be like, no, I'm just going to stick with like the short form type stuff? I tried YouTube as a platform. There are some old ass videos of me like floating around there of like me trying to do YouTube uh, and it just didn't work out. I, I just didn't find it that really entertaining. I stopped and then Vine came by. I was like, I'm lazy and ADHD, let's do it. Plus I only got the Twitter just because I wanted to take the name Left at London before anybody else did, like just in case. Cause like this was like when I was like just being like a tiny little baby artist. Like maybe I should promote my art on the social medias. And then that's when I started like getting like accounts for left at London on uh, across like all platforms that I could. Where did the name come from? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, everybody asked that. And <laughs> it, it says on my Facebook page, and this is true. The entire reason that my name is left at London is because I misread a sign that said loft at tandem in cursive. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the entire reason. Like literally I was like, that's a cool band name. And so I took it to two musicians that I was playing with at the time. And they're like, that's a cool band name. And so we officially named our band that, and then eventually they left. And then we had two more people and then they left. And then we had one more person and then they left. And then I was by myself. And I was like, fuck it. It's a solo name. And it's my, it's it, like, f like I was literally like, fuck it. This is my stage name now. That's like, it's like finding out Lady Gaga used to be a band or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't technically Panic at the Disco kind of like that? I guess. Or are, are they still a band? I don't even know anymore. Maroon 5 functions like it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they might as well just be Adam plus four, yeah. I just want to mention, I fucking hate Maroon 5. Like, they used to be alright, but, like, now... Where are the other members? What do they do when Adam is recording? Have you seen the music video for uh, the song with uh, Cardi B? What? The, the one... <laughs> Maroon 5 has a single and Cardi B has a guest verse on it. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> so, in the music video, right, it's like... Uh, I'm looking for a girl like you, uh, you know, it's whatever. Oh, it, oh is Maroon 5, is the lead singer of Maroon 5 looking for a girl like Cardi B? Is no, that see, what you are see, telling me? <laughs> see, here's what happens, right? In the whole video, it, it starts with like one woman and the stage is rotating and she changes into different women. And the whole video, honestly, is there to put different celebrity cameos in a video with no explanation as to why. So you're right. watching it and you're like, oh shit, it's Eleven from Stranger Things for some reason. And oh, there's, you know, there's Ellen DeGeneres. Okay, I know these people. But my point yeah, is- Adam Levine is trying to look for a girl like Millie Bobby fucking Brown. He scared her off Twitter. It was all him. It's all his is, fault. Is he saying it. that he's looking for women that are already famous? Like what? Like what? <laughs> How does that help the average woman out there, you know, listening to this? The point is, in the background... Hey, Adam Levine, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you see the other members of the group, and they're just kind of phased in, and they're just kind of there. <laughs> oh, I'm just noticing it! Like, they really, like, no one gives a shit. Like, there's parts where, yeah, like, it, it's rotating around, 
And every now and then you see a band member on uh, on one of the little <laughs> blue things. But they are like, make no fucking mistake. The most important thing is these celebrities that have nothing to do with the group. That is the most important thing you need to be seeing in this video right now. Fuck whoever's in the back. You can barely see. Like, it really is one of those things where it's like, they're you know, like Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. How he was like oh, always yeah, covered up. Like, that's what the video basically looks like. You're just like, wait. Well, is that the is that the drummer? What? <laughs> it, it it feels like no doubt circa two thousand one, <laughs> where it might as well just be Gwen Stefani and the rest of the band is just kind of there. And you know what's funny? Like they like the people singing and dancing in the foreground, the famous people. They don't even really look that interested. They really no. don't. Like Ellen Ellen DeGeneres is like, what the fuck am I doing in a Maroon Five music <laughs> video? This isn't even my audience. <laughs> I, I can't dance to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> like, okay, uh, there's a woman who's wearing a shirt that says "undocumented, unafraid, unapologetic." You know, cool oh, political statement. What is what does that have to do with with the and song all- though? <laughs> Like, and- it's fine. I, I agree. <laughs> oh, my God. I literally just, like, I went to two minutes into the video, and there is one second where, <laughs> like, a drummer in the background just hits one cymbal, and that's all he does. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think the transition between, yeah, we're going to have these women followed by an underaged girl than a lesbian like Adam. <laughs> what what is the point you're trying yeah, to make here? What, what type of girls is he trying to find? Maroon I don't five. know. Are you looking for a lesbian in her fifties? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Honestly, that's what I'm trying to look for. <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Maybe there's something because I see a band like Maroon Five and a song title with girls like you, and I feel like it's. Oh, I want a girl like you, girls, so I can have sex with you, girl. Like, I- I'm assuming that's what it is, but maybe... Is that your Maroon 5 impression? Yeah, you know, he sounds like a clarinet and shit, you know? It sounded like that song from fucking, <laughs> I mean, uh... Love you know? What what move from Jungle Book? It sounded like Jungle Book. The, I want to be <laughs> like you! <laughs> I was like, what are you going for? I guess I'm just going to open it up to you. Is there anything else you would like to promote or talk about? Or put out there uh, before we uh, part ways this evening. I'm gay. I'm done. <laughs> I like the accent on that. I'm gay. No, I genuinely think that the reason why I have like slivers of an accent of places that I'm not from was genuinely because that I grew up a lot on JonTron. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There it Whoa. is. <laughs> <laughs> like before, he turned out to be an awful, awful bitch. I consider that person a contemporary person. So to be like, I grew up on them is like, wait, what? Like if somebody said to me, I grew up on Soldier Boy, like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I technically did. Oh no! Wait, was that your normal for hip hop? Oh no! No, I did. I I didn't. Okay, my sister. To be fair, my sister was a hip hop dancer, like professionally, and she still is. So, like, I I have better range of hip-hop than Soldier Boy. I was, like, listening to, like, the Blueprint 3 at the time. Like, I was Oh, okay. Was, yeah, so it was okay. <laughs> I find that funny, though, because, like, that, like, Blueprint 3 is your, like, okay, let me just tell the truth to shame the devil. My mm, sister yeah. used to listen to Aaron Carter. 
So, <laughs> oh yeah. Yo guys, check it out. Guess what happened to me? Another crazy story? Come on, AC. I was working at the course, just playing some ball. Working on my game. Yeah, we heard it all. I heard the crowd screaming. I thought it was for me. But then I saw a shadow. It was 12 foot 3. It was Shaquille O'Neal. What? What did he say? How about some one-on-one? -on -one? Wanna play? I said, why not? I got some time. But when I be too real bad, try not to cry. Jeez, Aaron, are you for real? One-on-one -on -one with Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, 34 center for the LA Lakers. You must have been nervous. I knew I could take him. Scared of Shaq. Psych him out. Said, O'Neal, you're in my house now. Start the game, the whistle blows. Lay attention close, cause the story goes, it's like boom! I put it in a hoop like slam. I heard the crowd screaming out, jam! I swear that I'm telling you the facts, cause that's how I beat Shaq. That, by the way, was this generation's, um, it was like a nightmare on my street! <laughs> Where it's just corny enough, but like, yeah, I can get down to this, it's catchy. <laughs> You, you, I will say that is probably the best thing Aaron Carter has produced. I maybe. Oh, yeah. I, I was just gonna ask. Oh, oh, are you about to show some love to cowgirl? Yippee ki yo, yippee yay, little mom. <gasps> oh yeah, I'm getting into the deep cuts. Oh yeah, my you know gosh, the Aaron Carter the uh, <laughs> lore. I forgot about that one. Oof, I'm just familiar with Aaron's party parentheses. Come and get it. And oh no. Remember those those three white girls doing that weird ass Jamaican accent? What the fuck was that? It's an OVO ting. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were ahead of the curve. Um there's oh, a thing he precedent. says in there that's like vaguely yeah. sexual and it, it always like made me uncomfortable because it's like, how old are you? I forget what he says. Oh, he said he references the 69 boys. He says, come on down to the rodeo, which is apparently a 69 Boys song. Because Wait, they were, like, it, from the area, and he wanted it, to, like, throw some Miami love to the 69 Boys in 98 <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Wait, wasn't there a part where he goes, like, come on, girl, show me body. And I was like, what? Ew, <laughs> no. I know when there's an Aaron Carter song where he says, girl, show me body. And I was just I'm like... I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. No, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be saying that. Ah! It was not too young and not too old. Ew. Which doesn't yes. help. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. I'm uh, sorry. I found the song and the lyrics are so much worse than you thought they were. Oh, no. Worse than you remember. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. Please, Please do. Please do. It's called Not Too Young, Not Too Old. Oh. Featuring Nick Carter. Oh. So his brother. Oh, hey. family affair. Yeah. I'm not too young and I'm not too old. Listen up, everybody. This ain't Aaron's party. Ooh. Part two. Oh. Part two. I'm older now. Come and show me body. Girl, <laughs> what you gonna do? Oh, no. Come and talk to me in the backseat, baby. <gasps> Backstreet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We can- hold on, hold on, it gets worse. We could surf the board, surf the net. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, what a yeah. date! Yeah, better <laughs> yet, go on Reddit. we can make a little bet. If we get together, yo, it's gonna be the bomb. Hit me all, baby. AaronCarter.com Oh! No! <laughs> he shouted out the website! <laughs> Before Holy Soldier Boy! shit. Yeah. Oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god, it gets so much worse. Oh, See, no. when it comes to girls, I'm not too young. Parentheses, mommy. No! <laughs> no! 
<laughs> you mustn't do that. <laughs> Baby face back up on the scene. But when I get in trouble, hey, I'm not too old. I pull my cap way down and say I'm 13 years old. Oh. What? Uh, oh, that's how he rolls. I just looked up the lyric. Oh. <laughs> oh, he says the phrase I all up in the video in this song. <laughs> what year no is this? No fucking way. Oh my God. He actually, I'm all up in the video. Oh no. Oh, what? listen, listen. He says, catch me in the studio. That's my life, bro. It's in my blood. Hey, it ain't my fault. You want to step to me? We can take it to the asphalt. Shoot Is some this moves. a Jake Paul song? Like, what? Right? It's every day, bro. Who knew Jake Paul? You, I thought I could at least give him the benefit of being original. Mm. Can't even do that. No. <laughs> the, the white boy being really awkward in his raps? That's not even him first. It, it was long overdue, and I'm glad we were able to get you on. And uh, we hope to do it again, obviously, when the electronics decide to work better and in our favor. But uh, the Purple Heart EP is available every fucking where. Uh, check it out. I I love it. It's great. And, you, and did you say you had something else like in the works, like a full length? Yeah, I have a full length in the works, but I'm not going to reveal the title yet. Ooh, you're not even gonna give the fucking Go Enough podcast exclusive! I, uh, I didn't okay, expect I'll give it. you the first letter of the title. Oh shit, yeah, here we go, Juicy. It's a Y. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Don't, don't let no one tell you the Go Enough podcast don't give you nothing. You just got the first goddamn letter of the new <laughs> Left of London E- Oh, uh, fucking full length. We got the scoop. Wife of Pablo. Does wife start with a Y? <laughs> Wait, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wife, no. The yife of Pablo. Wife is... Darren. The yife of Pablo. Look at you. Wife, wife is literally spelled Y and F. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> oh, you have no idea how happy I am that things turned around for the better. Oh, my God. <laughs> My dumbass can't tell the difference between a W and a fucking Y, apparently. <laughs> this week on the Going Off Podcast, we have a Patreon-requested review from Heather Wadsworth. Thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, and if you would like to request a review for an album or for a song, or if you just like to see episodes and content early, go to either one of our Patreons and see all the information that you need to do for that. So... Let's get into it. This one is Grays by Night Train 357. Muse, I want to hear what you thought about it. I thought it was okay. And um, with that, I'm going to say for me, it kind of teetered constantly somewhere between the three and the four because there were times it felt very average and there were other times where it was like, oh, shit, okay. But overall, I wouldn't be like, man, this fucking, this really stood with me. But to its credit, to go inside a little bit, we were supposed to review this album like a month ago, so I've listened to this album like four times, and I didn't mind having to do that. So, mm. must not be that bad. If I'm willing to listen to the album that many times. Um, right, right. 
But at the same time, no time when I went back and listened to it was I like, oh shit, yeah, this one. I forgot about this one. I'm so excited to hear this one again. Like, none of them really stood with me like that. They got witty lyricism and they got the witty punchlines. But sometimes it kind of feels like they're almost falling into, like, the nerd rep, like, the nerdcore category of, like, we're just naming shit to name shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that a little bit, too. And and it's more than that, like, here's the thing. This album is proficient. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it does its job. It's a cool little, like, if this, if this was, like, you know, oh, they had, like, a really big hit and this is their album and it's, like, oh, them just having a good time and... You know, playing around and talking about getting older and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But, like, whenever it's the more generic, you know, like, hey, this is just a song about how badass we are. Like, the the very first track. You know what it is? I think it felt especially underwhelming because of the three-minute intro, you know, that was talking them up. Like, oh, oh man, you can't wait to hear these guys. They're so awesome. I'm like... Don't don't start albums like this. We keep telling you. You're talking about Grays, the album that changed the game. Like, okay, no. <laughs> I skipped the skits. I was not here for the skits at all. Fuck that. Fuck that weird voice the uh, dude Uncle was doing. Loose food? That like that what? shit was so dumb and unnecessary. I was getting uh, I was getting De La Soul flashbacks. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Where especially on like uh, Three Feet High and Rising. Where they got the pointless game show skits where it's like, what the fuck is any of this doing here? This album is long enough. So the reaction that you give, like, when you hear those skits is literally the sort of smiling with the gritted teeth trying to make it clear that you don't enjoy this. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) You know, I used to like them, but they changed the name too much. I like Wu-Tang. It's like, oh, fucking. Ah! The skits are bad. You hate the Meandering. skits. Meandering. I don't like the skits. You're right. It's like, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, but don't tell my wife. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That I, one. I because it okay even started with, with like the half-assed conversation between them. I was like, oh, right. Actually, you know what it is? The problem is, uh, and that's a problem with a lot of these uh, uh, like joke rap sort of things. Like uh, ha- uh, these guys, um, what's their name? Lil Dicky, uh, uh, the Dormtainment guys. They don't know when the joke is over. It's just like, like you're supposed to hit real quick with the joke and then move to the next part. Like, okay, a perfect example, perfect example. In Say What, there's a part where he's just like, I'm so dope, God would give me dap on a track. And then, like, God shows up. And I was like, oh, that's a hilarious mo-. And then he just keeps going and it's just like, all right, all right, all right. Th- that wouldn't have been bad either if it actually would have had a payoff here's what i was thinking was gonna happen it was gonna be like hey i'm god and i'm saying this track is dope and then like if the track actually stopped after that it was just like holy shit i I really legit just got god on my track (laughs) like and like the amazingness of that was like that was the ending (laughs) but it just like i said it keeps going and it's just like all right like it doesn't know how to make the joke "Mm," real quick and then get in and get out they're not bad rappers they're just not particularly piquing my interest like like right. i said you know you have the three minute intro like oh man these guys are gonna be so dope and then catalog it's okay you know it's it was fine if this was like the very first track i'd be like all right hey but like specifically having that build up of oh you better brace yourself and then oh all right and then samuel L. jackson it, another perfect example where it's like 
The song's called Samuel L. Jackson. And they definitely utilize the fact that it's called Samuel L. Jackson. Because the song is just filled to the brim with with quotes and shit like that from all of his movies and stuff like that. All the memes, you know, from Django Unchained Mm -hmm. going all the way back to, you know, coming to America. But my problem with it is, like, they don't really make the most of it. They just haphazardly throw in Samuel L. Jackson references and then, like, like the Coming to America one doesn't even make sense because it's just like, oh, the royal penis is clean, your majesty. And it's like, well, he, Samuel Jackson wasn't even in that scene. So yeah, I thought that too. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you would have, like, if it was witty or funny, but at the end of the day, it's just, they just kind of named shit. And it's like, all right. Like, there wasn't anything really particularly clever about it it's just like wow you you found a way to work all those movies into the song yeah and the song's not about samuel l jackson it's just like a normal brag rap song but they're throwing in samuel l jackson references that's the thing you know and but they don't do it in a way that's like but i did like how they transitioned into the next song which was say what which is which like say what again say what again and then it became the chorus i was like all right that's that's kind of cool yeah that was cool I, I dug that. Okay, dude, I just remembered, because even though I listened to this, like, four times, I'm, they were so unremarkable that I just forgot them already. Um, Feel So Good, that was alright, but the fucking ending of that song, you know what I'm talking about? Where Wait, he's what? just like, man, you know, sometimes you just feel good, you just, you just feel good. Man, the way you smile at me, man, mm, makes me feel good. It's like, uh-huh. All right, like, this isn't even a joke and it's going on too long. Like, what the fuck? I was, like, halfway through that, I was like, oh, fucking K, I'm skipping this shit. (laughs) Going to the next one, what the fuck are you doing? The only song that even stuck with me was My Life Matters. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, That That was was a really good track. Mm -hmm. It was like, I can see, yeah, like, yo, people need to hear, you know, songs like this. This is pretty dope. But for the most part, like I said, it's just like, oh, that's, Okay, that's kind of like, and like I said, it's not like this is is this isn't whack. It's just not particularly notable. So like, this is literally like a three star album for me. You know, like it's like oh it, yeah, it, it's definitely competent and it's doing what it needs to do. Like this, in a way, is like the the polar opposite of of a Death Grips, right? Like Death Grips <laughs> is all about challenging. The fucking, you know, what is a rap song? What is a rock song? You know what I mean? Like, let's oh, break all that shit down. Textbook. Yeah, this is, yep, this is what a rap song sounds like. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like any time I thought it was a four, I think it might have just been, like, when they were, like, super fucking competent and, like, on their fucking game. But, like, even when they were fucking, like, doing their thing, it was still, like, you know... All right. Like, it like it didn't hit me. It, it wasn't particularly notable for me, and that feels really mean. Because, it, yeah, it do, like, as someone who created it, like, I would be like, oh, yeah, you did a good job in creating it. But as far as someone who, like, I owe you nothing, and I'm just an objective person listening to it, it's just like, okay. You know, yeah, do your thing, it's cool. I was able to listen to it four times, so maybe someone will listen to this and be like, oh, shit. You know? Like, I'm sure this will hit for someone. But just for us, it uh, it didn't exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what did fucking hit for me though. Did I tell you about my uh, my new fandom 
Uh, did I tell you about my my new favorite uh, new rapper, Trippy Red? No, who the fuck is this? Oh yeah, I was checking out the uh, the the freestyles. You know, uh, the the double XL freestyles. As a matter of fact, let's let's end the segment first before we get to this. What would you rate the album? A uh, three. Yeah, yeah, as well. Dude, have you heard Dark Knight Dumbo? No. Uh, don't look at the music video. I want you to just go to Spotify and listen to Dark Knight Dumbo, bro. Okay. Like, the shit goes fucking hard. And uh, you know what it is? There, for every genre of music, I believe there's a hierarchy, mm. right? I remember so uh, Todd in the Shadows said, like, even for Black Eyed Peas type of music, like, there's a hierarchy to that party shit, you know? Right, And, like, yeah. LMFAO is, you know, they're, they're the bottom of the barrel, you know what I'm saying? Mm, and yeah. and Black Eyed Peas is closer to the top, you know? I remember somebody said a long time ago, when they made the beat for Panda, uh, the mm. producer who, who originally made it, he said he was trying to make, like, something that sounded like the Dark Knight, like, Joker-type beat. Huh, and okay. I feel like a lot of rap beats that have been coming out lately if they're not like super like cloud rap sort of stuff they're trying to have that sound right that trap hard you know sounds like super villain theme music you know what i'm saying and i feel like in that respect this song does that the fucking hardest dark knight dumbo like as i'm just listening to it i was just like oh my god this works (laughs) was this guy part of the class or no uh, he's part of this year's class. See, I didn't see him in the, uh, in the video playlist. I don't yeah, think I saw his, uh, freestyle. That's why I think we should, uh, hold off until next week, because I don't think all of the videos are up yet. Oh, okay, yeah, I only saw some of them. Um, yeah, we can, we can talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I, I'm excited for the ciphers. Yeah, exactly. That's where it really goes down. I want to see if ya boy, ya boy, can redeem himself in the ciphers. Oh, oh, Lil Pump. Lil Pump on the scene. Look, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Like, it seems like it's very cookie cutter for the past couple years, the class itself. Like, we're going to have the one female rapper here. Mm. Now we're and gonna then have the one, the one super lyrical guy. We're gonna have the one super lyrical guy. We're gonna have the guy who is borderline novelty. We're gonna have the guy who's you know he takes himself a little less seriously than the others, but you know he still brings the fire. Like it's it's every fucking time. And I'm not gonna blame that on the middle aged white woman who's the fucking CEO or whatever of Double XL who actually picks the people of the classes. Although. <laughs> Maybe she does bear a little bit of the responsibility here. <laughs> but, you know, it's whatever. I, don't, I may not know half these cats. I didn't last year. And maybe two or three of them kind of made a name for himself since. Yeah, like, Ugly God, where the fuck did he go? Oh, yeah. Look at my wrist, bitch. Like, Look I, at my dick. I, dude, I was honestly expecting more from him. Ugly God, oh man, can I, oh, here's the challenge. Here's how we end the show. Can we fucking name all the members of last year's freshman class? Amine, Ugly God, uh, Boogie with a Hoodie. Uh-huh, uh. Um, Ka, Ka, however you pronounce her name. Kamaya? Kamaya, um, oh boy, um. Was Lil Yachty? 
Mm, I think was that, that was the year, the year before. before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause um. that was Panda. Uh... <laughs> I'm blanking so hard. Um. Mm. Oh, fucking uh, P and B Rock. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one. That was the one I was thinking of. P and B Rock. A dude. What was Kyle in the class? No. That was the year before. <clears throat> All right. Made in TYO. Oh shit! <laughs> He's on the sprite cans. <laughs> I got a fucking sprite can this weekend with his face on it, dude. I that's have why not... I was like, that's why I thought Kyle was in there because Kyle's on a sprite can. Fucking super duper Kyle. Made in TYO. Oh uh, fuck! What was his song? He had a big one. Didn't Uber he? everywhere. I think that's his oh, one. Oh skirt skirt. That's right. Although, See, I don't remember hearing he- head nor tails of that fucking song. See, what's funny was that song came out, like, before the freshman class list dropped, mm. and then oh. nothing happened since. You're right, Kyle is on there. You were right. Yes! All right, I thought so. Uh, there's, um, Triple Play- X, he was in Playboy there. Cardi. Playboy Cardi! <laughs> oh. Who's that guy? Who is that weird-looking guy who looks like Chinese or some shit? Like, oh, oh Cap G! Yeah! <laughs> like, he just looked... Uh, <laughs> like, I remember something like, he's just an unphotogenic-looking guy. Like, Oh, yeah, that was the guy. We, we were talking about it with Rev. And he, he was looks like, like a he super doesn't villain. look bad, but he only looks bad in photos. <laughs> 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 oh, shit! Oh, and then um, Amine is holding his own. Amine you know. did pretty good with Caroline. He did Coachella. I mean, that that got to mean something. Yeah. Um, and he's got Made the new album coming didn't out. Do Coachella. <laughs> no, he absolutely did not. I mean, fucking Good For You was one of my favorite albums of the year. I love yeah. Amine. He's awesome. But yeah, even though he should have had another hit from that album, it just didn't happen. The song Spice Girls on that album, that should have been a fucking radio hit. Absolutely, and it just didn't happen. Seeing someone's rise and fall is very interesting because it's like you know, like you lived through their era. You know what I mean? Because it's like I remember when, like, uh, 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 the Pussycat Dolls. Man, you could not turn your neck seventy degrees without seeing some Pussycat Dolls. They were in fucking Slumdog Millionaire. Nicole Schwarzenegger was fucking everywhere. But I just remember being. But I just remember being like, why? Because she's not that special. Like, I really think that was like the, the what's the name of that group again? Um, the Spice Girls of this generation. But like, to such a lesser degree. Because they didn't even pretend like you gave a shit about the rest of them. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know their fucking names. I at least know Sporty Spice. Yeah. Ginger Spice. Yep. Baby Spice. Uh-huh. Sporty Spice. Yep. And you got two, you got two more, I think. One or two. Posh? Yep. Which I never got that cuz but that was just like a word that they said in Britain that they didn't say over here. So I remember she, being like She was more upscale. Yeah. So all right. Uh y- posh, you're missing one more. 40 baby. Yep. Ginger. Uh-huh. Posh, 40 baby ginger and Posh, sporty, baby, ginger, and... Uh, I mean, I know... I remember the joke being ginger is the only one that's, like, actually a spice. Right, uh-huh. Um, are we really playing this game of, like, which one is... 
<laughs> You're missing uh, one Spice Girl. Who is on. it? Uh, Curly Mo. Uh, Don't look it up. Don't you look it up either. Uh, Forty Posh <laughs> Baby. Forty Posh Baby Ginger. I just want a T-shirt that scary? says "Baby." Yeah! Ah! I thought I already said scary. Wait. Oh, Did I you? confused sporty and scary. Oh, uh, okay. I don't want to say nothing, but... Uh-huh. Let me just say it. Does anyone else think it's fucked up that the black one was named scary? Like, I thought the, the was same that about? goddamn thing. What the thing. fuck was that about? Because <laughs> I remember being like, what's so scary about her? Yeah, nothing. When she does a fake Jamaican patois every now and then? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Y'all remember that, right? It wasn't just me. Uh, I really, really, really want to zig a zig. They were, they were totally trying to do some Jamaican shit. You know, uh, you, you've heard those fucking uh, Jamaican songs. Oh, zig a zig a zig a zig a That's what she was fucking doing. Slam your body down and wind it all around. That was totally aping off. Yeah. There's a verse in Wannabe, and it's always, I've always wondered what this fucking meant or what the hell. So here's the story. From A to Z. If you want to get with me, you got to listen carefully. We got M in the place who likes it in your face. You got Mm. G like MC who likes it on the easy V. Don't come for free. She's a real lady. And as for me, ha, you'll see. Scary just leaves it up to chance. Ha, you'll see. Is that what's supposed to be scary? She's mysterious? See, this is my thing. This is why I will never cease... To tell you that the real meaning behind that song is just about having an orgy. And this is no. not. And this is not one of those fan theories. This isn't like fucking hit me with your best shot. Where, you know, someone could go, oh, the song's about a facial, you know, because oh, oh. hit me with your best shot. Oh. Uh. If you want to get with me, you have to get with my friends. Yeah. Like, I've never used that phrase when referring to, hey, if you want to be cool with me. You gotta be cool with my friends first, right? You like, gotta get with my friends, yeah. Yeah, get with my friends is very specific euphemistic language. Like, mm. oh yeah, did you get with her last night? Like, that means sex. You, like, gotta, you gotta cross them all off a checklist. <laughs> all right, I've been with baby, I've been with posh, all right. Like you said, when you look at other lyrics in the song, it's say, here's the story, you wanna get with me, listen carefully. And then it's all these, like, oh, she likes this, and me, (laughs) you'll see. Like, how is that not sexual? You got M in the place who likes it in your face? Who likes it in your face? (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Am I I... lying? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) So that's that's not a fan theory. That song is literally about having an orgy. Off goers, we need you to, uh... To Hit chime in on this one. You know, because uh, uh, he apparently ha- his, is in contact with Scary Spice. You know what I'm saying? Let's use our connections, you know? Amine. Get Amine on the phone. Get him on the, on the hip and horn. On the hip and horn. I don't <laughs> care that he's touring in, like, Australia right now. We'll figure out the time zone difference and we'll make it happen. The list I have of people that I really want on the show, it's short. Bernie is on there. And even he's testing my patience. Bernie, if you're listening, and I know you are, off goer since day one, since fucking Mers Day. <laughs> since Mers, that's gonna be our expression now. I've been with you since Mers Day. Since Mers Day. <laughs> since Mers Day one. Bernie's been down with going off since Mers Day, and he won't even say that we should abolish ice. 
Bernie. Well, thank you very much for hanging with this interesting episode of the Going Off podcast this week. Big thanks to Left at London for coming on the show, hanging with us, reviewing Death Grips with Darren at least, and the uh, Patreon supporter who requested Grays by uh, Night Train and Roan. <laughs> Almost <laughs> forgot. Goddamn. Uh, if you want to request an album, it is as simple as a one-time pledge to either of our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Check out the pages for details. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube. Obviously, subscribe to our channels if you aren't already. If this is your first time listening to the show, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. And until next week, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. That's how a beat shack.